I'm going to take just uh, 15 minutes here or so uh, and share a word that's on my heart this week. If you go to Philippians chapter 1, please. And I'm going to continue with what, uh, what sermon I preached last week about body life. This is kind of part two of that body life sermon there. Let's pray. Lord, your word is so precious. There's no way to handle it, Lord, without your spirit breathing through the messenger. And so I pray, Lord, you take this jar of clay right now for these next few minutes. Just speak through me, God. I pray you'd separate soul and spirit even now, God. I'm I'm praying for a word in season for these precious brothers and sisters, a word that would encourage them this week, that would remind them this week. Even if it's not something I say with my mouth, I pray for ears to hear what you say maybe in the secret, in the quiet place of their heart, God. So help us, give us ears to hear what you have to say today to us, Lord. Philippians chapter 1. Verse 22, if I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall not choose, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to boast in Christ Jesus or to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you, that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind that you are living side by side, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and you are not frightened in anything by your opponents. Chapter 2, verse 1. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation or common sharing in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy or any tenderness and compassion among you, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, or knit together in the Spirit, intent on one purpose. Verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit or vain and empty conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours also in Christ Jesus. Last week, I preached about the smallest part of the body being the most essential. I talked about my sink repair uh, where the little cotter pin fell down and it would seem it was underneath and it was in the dark and it seemed insignificant, but really the whole thing didn't work because that pin held that high pressure hose underneath the sink. 
And so just like that, some of us think we don't belong in the body because we're maybe not like the faucet out in front that everybody sees, or, or we, we're small, or, or we're kind of buried down in the darkness and the dirt because we've been dropped. And, but in reality, the Lord has made every part of the body to do its work because when every part does its work, the body of Christ is built up. And that's what we're looking for. I was praying with Dick Coons this week, and he said, Lord, I want to see an expression like we've never seen of the body of Christ functioning in El Dorado. And I agree with that. The, the best thing that we can do is not build the name of a ministry so a bunch of people come and hear somebody speak or somebody lead worship. The best thing we can do is to build up y'all so that y'all function in your giftings, and through that, the body of Christ is built up. And the darkness gets pushed back in neighborhoods and workplaces and homes. So every one of you is a member of the body of Christ. Each one of you has a place in it. Now, just because you're not functioning in that place right now doesn't mean you don't have a place, maybe. For the half of you that raised your hands and said, I know what I'm called to do in the body of Christ, that's great. But there's another half of you that didn't raise your hands. I don't know what I'm called to do in the body of Christ, maybe feeling a little bit lost. And so I believe the Lord's wanting to bring clarity to that. So as an extension of what we said last week, go back up to Philippians chapter one in verse 22, where he says, fruitful labor. Paul's identification, his definition of fruitful labor is found in verse 25 and 26. His version of bearing fruit in the kingdom for the church is that the saints make progress in their faith and that the saints begin to have joy in their faith. And thirdly, that the saints boast in Christ Jesus or they glory in Christ Jesus. Paul's saying, fruitful labor for me does not look like a big old ministry where thousands of people are coming. I can have audience members all day long, Paul says, but what I'm looking for is disciples who bear fruit. And so actually, the best thing that could happen is that y'all make progress in your faith this week. Because if we're standing still, we're going backwards. So we press into Christ Jesus and we know his heart more. We, we learn to hear him more this next week. Fruitful labor looks like y'all growing in joy in your faith. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Anybody felt weak in your faith this week? I bet you you weren't very joyful. I bet you when you felt weak in your faith, you were kind of depressed. You were kind of sorrowful, hopeless feeling. I've been praying for you guys this week that the Lord would infuse hope into your hearts this week, each one of you. You know where the presence of the Lord is? there is joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's freedom, there's joy, there's childlikeness. There's this air of just like lightness, right? Anybody felt heavy or kind of like an adult with a lot of responsibilities? You know, I ask my kids at dinner sometimes, what made you laugh today? And they have got some stories for me. Let me tell you what. And then I look at Lizzie, I'm like, what made you laugh today? She's like, laugh. I'm like, yeah, me too. Like, what made me laugh today? But there's a hilarity in the body of Christ that we're called to. Man, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool if you just laugh like a kid? You know, that's our portion in Christ Jesus. Always sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. 
We're sorrowful because we see the junk around us. We want to see the kingdom of God come in the darkness, but man, we're always rejoicing. There's like singing songs at midnight after we've been beaten in prison cells type of a joy, right? It's ours in Christ Jesus. So progress in the faith and joy in the faith looks like fruitful ministry. But thirdly, fruitful ministry looks like boasting in Christ Jesus. We do that on some Sunday mornings. I grab the mic and I'm just like, how has the Lord been faithful to you this week? Tell me a testimony of the Lord's faithfulness. And you guys always have something. You kind of have to dig for it. Maybe you look backwards in the rearview mirror like, yeah, this is what he's done for me this week or this last year. Let me boast in Christ Jesus and tell you what he did for me. Let me tell you how you rescued me this week and provided for this need. This is what Josh just did. Let me tell you how you provided for all this money I needed for the discipleship training school. Let me tell you how you sold my house for me. Progress in your faith is you boasting in Christ Jesus, putting no confidence in the flesh. 100% confident God is going to do what he promised to do. There you go. Three goals. So my prayer for you is this. Make progress in your faith this week through letting Christ Jesus abide in you and work out your salvation. Grow in joy this week and boast in Christ Jesus more and more and more. Those are some markers for that. Now, the interesting thing is right after this, Paul, I love the scriptures. They're just so mathematical, so balanced, and they're so poetic. It's perfect. It's like like God wrote a book. And it's perfect. I mean, it's just, it's breathed by the Holy Spirit. I mean, you you can't get away. So look at this balance. I, I just, this just popped out to me this morning. Verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or I am absent, I may hear of you. And then he gives three more things. That you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind. That you're striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And that you're not frightened by anything, by your opponents. Now look with me. He just said three things. Corporately, progress in the, you know, the, the, the fruitfulness in ministry. And then he just said three more things. And how I take that is that those three things correspond with one another. The first one corresponds with the first one, the other list, the second one, the second one, the third one, the third one. This is just me, but I think it works. And so let me just share. So if fruitful labor in the ministry looks like progress in the faith, then corporately, if you are standing firm in one spirit, that's what progress looks like. Progress in the faith individually looks like you learning to stand firm in one spirit corporately. Does that make sense? 1A and 1B. Uh, Fruitful labor is that you make progress in the faith. By the way, what that looks like in the corporate body of Christ is that you stand firm in one spirit. That's what it looks like, individually turning into corporately. Secondly, fruitful ministry is that you grow in joy in the faith. Well, here's a little interesting caveat. Number two down below says you strive side by side for the faith of the gospel. Anybody ever worked with somebody like on a, on a mission, like building a house in an overseas country, you know, or, or going on, anybody ever worked with a team in a workplace? Like, like do I, there's just, there's something about working with people and everybody's on the same page and you're of one mind. There's a joy that's released there. And so what he's saying is that y'all growing in your joy in the faith individually looks like corporately you guys working together. That's how that plays out in the body of Christ. You're actually growing in joy in your faith. And then thirdly, it's fruitful that you boast in Christ Jesus. And I love this. Corporately, that you do not fear anything 
from your opponents. I'm so confident individually that Christ is going to do what he said he would do for me, that then corporately when we all come together as one body, we boast in Christ Jesus and we're fearless. We're, we're confident in what he has for us. We're confident that he's gonna do what he said he was going to do. Does that make sense? Anybody ever dealt with um, fear before? I have. I wasn't ready to preach this sermon this morning. I woke up under a blanket of fear this morning. I don't know why. I had no good reason for it. But I woke up under that blanket. I didn't even know what it was. I just knew I was in a funk. I just felt kind of weird this morning. I don't know if I can even, who am I to speak? I don't have anything really new to say, right? I was like, I can't preach under this blanket. So Lord, I, I just cry. Anyone who calls out on the name of the Lord will be saved. Even if I'm a non-believer, I call out on the name of the Lord, I'm saved. Even if I'm a believer now in the faith, walking since I was seven years old, I'm saved by calling on the name of the Lord. Just as I learned Christ, so I walk in him. So this morning, because the enemy hates the word of God being proclaimed, he hates faith and he hates our corporate communion here, he attacks me. So I call out on the name of the Lord, Lord, help me, deliver me. And then it gets revealed. There's a spirit of fear on me. I don't even know why it is. So I start asking to be delivered from the spirit of fear and I, I feel it lift. And the word just comes with clarity. This word that I'm preaching to you now came an hour and a half ago in clarity to me. It's not hard, it's not difficult. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. But I promise you, you cannot function as a believer if you live in fear. You get bottled up. You, you, can't, you can't be fruitful if you live in fear. Why? Because fear quenches us. It just, it dries us up. So we gotta be delivered from that. So learning to boast in Christ is learning to be fearless in all situations and all circumstances. Amen? When you face this thing tomorrow, this Goliath tomorrow, whatever it looks like, your inadequacy to be a mom, your inadequacy to be a leader in the company you work at, your inadequacy to even wanna get out of bed and go to work tomorrow, to, to even want to read the Bible. That's fear. It comes against you. But what do we do? I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I have no confidence that I can do any of this by myself. Lord Jesus, I cry out to you for salvation. Change me from the inside out. And he answers that prayer. He answers it. He begins to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit in and through your life. He'll do it. I promise he'll do it. Uh, Philippians chapter two, real quick, in the Amplified. I want to I get uh, to this. Therefore, if there's any encouragement and comfort in Christ, as there certainly is in abundance, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship that we share in the Spirit, if there is any great depth of affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love towards one another, get this, knit together in spirit, intent on one purpose, and living a life that reflects your faith and spreads the gospel, the good news regarding the salvation through faith in Christ. Verse three, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit through factional motives or strife, but with an attitude of humility, being neither arrogant nor self-righteous, regard others as more important 
than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, because we have personal interests that we do need to take care of. Don't merely do that, though, but also for the interests of others. Have the same attitude in yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus. Look to him as your example in selfless humility. Christ was God, and he did not take that into account when he regarded you and me in our relationships. In your relationships with one another, have the mind of Christ Jesus in humility. You know, relationships take work because relationships take humility, and humility takes work, doesn't it? Relationship, marriages are hard. Why? Because marriages take you losing your life for the sake of someone else to find your life. And really, our relationship together in the body of Christ is like a marriage. That's what stinks so bad about church splits. Anybody ever been in a nasty church split before? It's horrible. Anybody ever been through a divorce before? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Because why? We're married to Christ Jesus. We're the body of Christ Jesus. This is why the Lord has called us to unity because it's a reflection as husband and wife, a reflection of Christ in the church, so is our unity. They'll know us by our love. I'm telling you guys, there's way more at stake than just, oh, I didn't like those people, so I went to this place where I got, I got better whatever. If you are called to the body of Christ that you're in, it's a big deal that you learn to stay and work it out. Why? Because iron sharpens iron. It's a big deal that I stayed in my marriage with Lizzie for the last 15 years. Why? Because I got changed. I, you know, like we, we made it through together. We worked through the hard times, right? It's a blessing. By the way, if, you have, if you've been through a divorce, I'm not saying that it's, there, there's, there's redemption there. It's a big deal, though, that we learn to grow together in unity and stay together in one spirit, but it takes humility to do it. It takes humility to do this. Relationships, in your relationships with one another, you have to think like Christ thought. I deserve this up here. He could have said that, but instead he identified with us down here. And so what we do is we grow in grace together as we submit. So I'm gonna finish with this. Go back to your left, to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to read one long sentence to you, but it looks like it's broken up in our English translations. But verse 17 through 21, one sentence that Paul wrote. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Address, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit, comma. This is how you're filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus and for the word we all love submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. One sentence. Understand what the will of the Lord is, he says, and be filled, be being filled with the Holy Spirit by addressing one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. How do you do that if you've isolated yourself from the body? I talked to one guy 
Where do you experience the Lord? Where do you fellowship? Where do you worship? In a tree stand? In a tree stand? I, I talk to God in nature. I don't need the church. You ever talk to anybody that says, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian? What do you say to that? You're like, well, it's true. It's half true. The devil float that truth by. It's half true. I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. I got my own relationship with God. It's kind of like saying, I don't need to go home to be with my wife and kids Monday through Friday. I got my own relationship with them. I'll see them on Saturday, Sunday. It's true, but it's not true. Yeah, am I still married? How do you address one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs if you're isolated by yourself? How do you sing and make melody to the Lord with your heart? In, as Luke was talking about this morning, the growth in our heart of our affection for Jesus Christ. So it's corporately, yes. It's individually, yes. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks from my heart. Two heart things right in the middle, two corporate things as the book ends. Isn't that cool? Two individual heart things in the middle, how we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Two corporate things, how we're filled with the Spirit on the bookends. Does that make sense? Corporately, right? You sing to one another psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. The last thing, corporately, you submit yourselves to one another out of reverence for Christ. In the middle, though, those two, you're growing in grace with your heart, with the Lord. The word submit, our favorite word, do you know what that means? I've got the defini definition for, for you here, I believe. The word submit, to accept or yield to a superior force or to the authority or will of another person. This is crazy to me that you submit yourself to one another and you call them the superior force, the authority or will of another person. This is amazing to me. This is what the Lord calls us to do. And this is what happens when we come together like this. What I'm trying to say is this. Body life, although the least one of you is important, from the least to the greatest, it takes humility to walk this out. Body life actually requires you showing up and being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's hard work to do. It's hard work. I'm asking you guys to consider, why is the Lord calling you here? Because it's for sure not to come see the show. It's for sure not to show up and just soak it all in like a retaining pond that doesn't flow out. You're meant to be a river. So if the Lord's called you here, he's called you here to bless others and to be blessed by others. And it requires you submitting yourself under authority to do that. So... When someone says, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian, then I say, you don't have reverence for Christ. That's the truth. What does reverence mean? It means like humble awe, adoration, respect, veneration. What's the opposite of reverence? Disrespect, disregard. So when someone says, I don't need the body of Christ to be a Christian, I say, then you have no regard for Christ because we are the body of Christ. Christ is on the earth today in the form of you and me as his hands and feet. Going to church is not something we go to do to get to heaven. Going to church is something we do out of reverence for Christ. And going to church is not this. This is not going to church. This is just part of it. Going to church is submitting ourselves one to another out of reverence for Christ. I'm late. That's all I have to say today. Bless you guys. I want to pray for you in Jesus' name.
Thank you for these saints, Lord. I pray your word would go deep into our hearts today, God. I pray for humility. I pray that we would grow in grace together, Lord. I ask, Father, for revelation of body life like we've never seen before, God. I pray for our next week's meetings in homes to be rich and sweet, Lord. I pray, Father, for deep relationships to be forged here. And I'm asking again, like Dick said, Lord, for an understanding and an expression of the body of Christ here in El Dorado like we've never seen before, God. I pray a blessing, Lord, over these saints this week in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you, guys.